You're listening to the Soakin' Community Podcast. Your favorite source for gaming, film, and internet debate starts now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soakin' Podcast, DC Week. I'm your host, T, and with me are Jace and Leo. That's Drayson. Jace Drayson. I'm Leo. DC Week always makes me, it, it makes me think of our guild, Divine Conclave. I had to, to double take. I often think of the District of Columbia. You're really sticking to this rebranding thing, though, aren't you, Jace? Hey, I'm, I'm trying to start something new with the new season if anyone's read my bio on the community forums i um i let it be known that the whole jay strace on is annoying to me i mean i started it i get it it was my fault but i annoy myself with it so i'm trying to move away from it this season and see how how we fare it is as if dr frankenstein is irritated by his own creation yeah brains for those of you who have read Frankenstein, we'll move on. All right, DC's fandom event announced like a lot of stuff, but it all came out right in that sweet spot between when we wrote our script and when we recorded the premiere. So we're gonna talk about it a week late. Uh, we are gonna talk about a few particular announcements from the event, but before we get into it, do you guys have any favorites that you're looking forward to? Tonight's podcast actually has quite a few of the um the subjects that i found most intriguing um you know maybe because we're picking the biggest stuff but shazam 2 is uh is listed as in production or on the way or something and given that my catchphrase i'd love to be shazam <laughs> there's there's a little there's a little piece of me there and i'm i'm excited plus i loved shazam it was just Did a you really, really fun love shazam yeah, it was a fun, lighthearted romp. I enjoyed it. It, it was, but that just shocks me. I mean, it wasn't one of my favorites by any means, but that that tracks. I mean, between that's that seems normal that you would like something. That I'd I like I, it. I wasn't you did. <laughs> right. It's on but brand. Yeah. That just surprises me. It did it to me. Like my at my first watch, I wouldn't know if that was a Leo movie. It is. So I, I have a soft spot, especially for stuff that I think my kids would enjoy, and I think that softens me up to it. And that was definitely one that I figured my kids would enjoy. Plus, it has a lot of, like, I don't know, silly humor in it that I, I can appreciate it and just really dig. So, I don't yeah, know. I, I, I think it. it captured the the Shazam, um, the, the, the feel of Shazam pretty well. It, it just wasn't one of my favorites. I didn't hate it by any means, but it just wasn't one of my DC favorites. No, hate, hates I, more my thing than yours. Right. I'm very, very looking forward to Wonder Woman 1984 and the new trailer came out and we got to see a, a glimpse of, um, of that film and I am stoked because probably Wonder Woman is my favorite DC film since the, you know, the, the recent rush of, of superhero films. I have always loved Wonder Woman, the character, but the, the movie I just thought was freaking flawless and i might actually go hetero for for wonder woman gal gadot gal gadot yeah, I, I think she is she's stunning stunning i tell you yeah i concur 
Before we move into the podcast, I would like to take a, a brief moment away from DC and just point at Marvel for two seconds and say, my heart goes out to the family, friends, and co-workers of Chadwick Boseman. I was deeply um, stunned and sad by the loss of, of our Black Panther. Um, it really affected me more than I thought it would. I mean, obviously I wasn't looking, thinking that it would happen, but I was shocked how, how sad I was over that loss. But I would like to just put it out there that I do feel like we, we lost a hero and it is sad. Amen. Thanks for bringing us down, Jess. It's my way. Especially feels bad because I remember people talking about there were the photos of him doing the Wakandan salute and he looked really tired. So people were like, he must be sick of doing that already. But then like looking back and knowing that he was probably going through cancer treatment at the time. Right. And it's like, oh. Yeah, I've been watching several tribute videos and it's just like, ugh, ugh. I won't go deeply yeah. into it because I don't want to bring us. But, it, you know, it is sad and I, I would like it to be recorded in our corner of the internet. This week, we're going to be talking about a few of the announcements that we're most interested in, and arguably two of the biggest to come for DC for a while. The upcoming Suicide Squad video game, Zack Snyder's Justice League, and the official teaser trailer for The Batman. Back in 2016, the film Suicide Squad released to the public and was quickly slandered as by far the worst DC movie in recent history. Knowing some of their past movies, that's kind of impressive. Uh, despite tanking in critic and fan reviews, the movie actually did alright in the box office, and it didn't deter DC and Warner Bros. from continuing the brand. Not only is a new movie coming out, which the Dome event show also showed us a trailer for, but we're also getting a Suicide Squad video game. Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League has been confirmed by Rocksteady as taking place in the same universe as the Arkham Batman series. Do you think this takes place after Batman's supposed death in Arkham Knight? It is my understanding that perhaps Arkham Knight is not necessarily part of the continuity of the Arkham series. So I don't know that there is a before or after the death of Batman in that particular slice of universe. I could be wrong, but that is how I understood some of the announcements at Fandom. Maybe. I, I do think, though, because Batman had contingency plans for various superheroes to include Superman, should they go rogue or something happen like it appears to happen in this game where they're being controlled, um, I think Batman kind of has to be taken out of the picture in order for you know getting the suicide squad to take these superheroes out to make sense if batman is alive do you where do you think he is in this is he also being controlled with the rest of the justice league if if he's alive it just makes sense to me that whatever it is that has the justice league going rogue it might as well be affecting the bat as well yeah i think it kind of has to um he, the the trailers imply uh, um, that Brainiac is controlling the superheroes by at, well to break down the trailer a bit you see Superman's eyes are glowing purple-ish instead of their normal red when he um, 
laser something to death. Um, it's heat vision, by the way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, uh, the roles are so reversed here when we're talking about this stuff. I'm so used to talking to you about Elder Scrolls lore. <laughs> um, but the like the the idea that Brainiac is controlling all the superheroes, yeah, I, I, I think Batman would have to be included in that number. But that's what I mean. Like, just Batman has to be taken out in some way. He can't be a factor if you're calling in such desperate measures as um, the Suicide Squad. Um, and and I, I'm actually, I'm not normally stoked for these kinds of games, but this one's got me. Of course, because I'm not excited at all. <laughs> <laughs> I really can't get the slightest bit of, um, let's say this nicely, excitement in my heart rather than blood in my to really get a lot of action in, in myself to get ready but i don't really like the whole notion of the suicide squad to begin with i never read the books i never followed the storylines of suicide squad i just don't it's not my thing anti-heroes really aren't my thing is anti-hero as i'll go is really like batman and, and obviously he has such a strict moral code that he's not an anti-hero as much as he's just a dark vigilante so i just can't i can't with bad guys trying to do good things i i don't know why i well I mean, we, we've talked quite a bit um as well about just our tendency for paladin like role play and you know those kinds of um, traits that we appreciate even with our own storytelling but i don't know I, I i really like the idea of a character like superman for instance is this you know all-powerful um demigod basically and if he's on our side it's fantastic that um we know he's going to be helping us fight the forces of evil but what happens if superman is bad and we've gotten a couple of villains that are superman-esque but we've always had superman to counter them well what happens if superman is that bad guy like that to me is a really fascinating bit of um a fiction that can be created and and i know it's been done in a bunch of different settings but the story still interests me the concept is just fascinating to me i'm really interesting to see how the game plays out how do you fight superman um, I, don't, be interesting. I don't like it. I don't care for it. I didn't like it in Superman 3 back in the 80s when he had the, the altered kryptonite that made him bad and Richard Pryor had to <laughs> be in it. I was not a huge fan of that. I don't like the boy. Well, I do like the show The Boys, but there's like a Superman analog character in The yes. Boys. That is oh, The Boys is horrifying. fantastic. <clears throat> I mean, it's a good show for real, for real. But the, it like when you have that level of power in somebody that's malevolent or twisted in some way, for some reason it just turns me off it's unless you've gotten equal opposite counter like i want i want superman i need that pure boy scout nobility with that level of restraint and control one of my favorite scenes in superman lore ever is um <clears throat> i think it's in man of steel and they it was in the trailer of man of steel too when you've got superman in handcuffs being escorted down a hallway by uh, either military or police force i mean he could he could crush but he's he's restraining himself to be right to follow the law to submit to authority by keeping those handcuffs on and to me that's my favorite thing about superman is that that moral code that is so pure and just and right and i hate when it gets twisted and maybe that's another reason i'm not excited about this i don't want to see the justice league as bad guys i like the justice league as good guys fair i i agree with you in fact i i felt that that was a rather poignant 
um, example of the character of Superman. Um, he is, in fact, I think of all superheroes that that I am aware of, I think he's kind of the quintessential superhero in my head. Um, so, you know, he, he, he has all of this power and how does he use it? And he wrestles with that. How does he utilize it for the most good? And I, I find that a compelling, um, a compelling bit of literature or storytelling as well. I don't know. I, I just dig the, you know, the occasional reverse. I, I, I like the idea of these non-supermen trying to figure out how do they best Superman and the Justice League because these are these are demigods, man. These are yeah. very powerful people. It's the A team for sure. It's also worth noting that the Justice League has a very, very long roster um, of everything from other heroes that we know very well. Everything from Wonder Woman and Batman to Martian Manhunter, um, Green Arrow. How many of them do you think we're going to see that aren't Superman? So, um, I remember in the in the trailer there were a couple of balloons that, what's his name, King Shark, um, he pops while the uh, the Suicide Squad folks are sitting on the rooftop, like discussing what they're going to do. And one is Green Lantern, and one is Batman. So, um, I think that may have been a hint. Um, that we see at least those two um and batman i don't know in whatever capacity maybe it's the memory of batman i don't know i'm not convinced batman's dead even in uh, well we talked about last episode i don't think batman's actually dead but um green lantern i think is definitely going to be one and um I'm, I'm pretty sure wonder woman is going to be on the cast of heroes you have to outsmart subdue something I would imagine, I mean, I don't know, but I, I would think they're going to hit the, you know, the the holy centerpiece of the Justice League. The Justice League is is massive, and there's a lot of characters that are just kind of there, but they're not the main characters. Hawkman, for instance, Plastic Man. Um, I would I would say Martian Manhunter is certainly a, a central character, but not on your main, main list. I think you're thinking of, like, Green Lantern, Flash, Aquaman, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Those are your main, you know, the the main six of the justice league i would think those would be there but you know you could get red tornado or shazam or zatanna would be cool i mean you know we, we we might see many many i don't know because those type of games usually you know if if, you, if it's a, an expansive game you've got to have a lot of boss fights a lot of places where you fight different characters so it, it could be that there's lots of justice leaguers that you're going to come up against but i do think the main ones like flash for sure that's just got to be something i don't know how how you'd fight aquaman in a well you know maybe they'll go to the beach there's there's a beach chapter <laughs> yeah a beach level first it's a game of volleyball and then you fight aquaman <laughs> the volleyballs are bombs <laughs> yes gosh they should hire us Speaking of long rosters, the Suicide Squad movies and comics classically have a habit of killing off members on a pretty regular basis. Uh, even in the first movie that came out, they killed one of their members off before the action even really started. Since the trailer only showed us four members, do you think there are others we can expect to see die off in the process? And what additional squad members do you think we might get to see? I imagine, so I don't know if this would be considered one of the squad. What's her name? Amanda Waller, is that correct? She's the one that in, in most she's of the... She's the head of, yep. of the 
program. Yeah. Yeah. So I think oh, no, she's. The, the is it program. Argus? What's the name of the? Is it Argus? I think that's right. But it, that usually pulls the Suicide Squad together. Um, I imagine we'll see her as sort of the the spearhead of the squad. But other than that, I mean, who knows? I I don't like. I said I'm not a fan of the Suicide Squad, so I don't even know who all has been a member of the squad over the course of the the comic books. To be honest with you, Harley Quinn is the one I could name obviously right off the bat. Boomerang certainly, but like, what's his name? Captain Shark. First of all, what a stupid character! I didn't even know he was gonna. <laughs> he's actually King. on this King Shark. Is that right? You know, I don't know. I'm just blah I, I i've seen the flash fight him on the flash television program and even then i was like eye roll i i don't know i'm 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 not a huge fan of the suicide squad i i think mostly because of the terrible movie that that came out um i like how many times can you tell the audience remember we're the bad guys <laughs> like <laughs> man it was just bad um but like they all had hearts of gold like no these are these are ruthless supervillains that are you know only doing this because they have bombs on their neck or in this case in their head like uh, like that's the whole premise of the suicide squad but these are bad guys who are sort of doing good things and still continuing trying to get out of it but i don't know the uh, we're not talking about the movie it wasn't good it did turn me off to the very idea of the Suicide Squad, but um, there are some really interesting characters and a whole lot of cool stuff that has happened in the expanded um, uh, storytelling that involved the Suicide Squad. Um, Cheetah, who is actually the villain in the Wonder Woman 1984 uh, movie. Played She's by Kristen been... Wiig, cannot wait. Yeah, no, I'm stoked about that. And that has made me stoked about the possibility of Cheetah being involved in the game um because it's a character that's going to gain quite a bit of prominence from uh this movie uh and it's a character that could potentially be involved in the suicide um squad game um and then a couple of characters that were in the original movie while it was a bad movie there were some interesting characters enchantress um was there katana was there killer croc is is i don't know Kind of a bestial uh, again another kind of king shark but all interesting characters that have their own sorted histories um deathstroke yeah. was in suicide squad i don't know there's some cool I, options i just pulled up a roster of the suicide squad in the different eras of comics and i'm shocked i had no idea that so many of these characters had at one point or another joined the suicide squad for instance steel who is John Henry Irons? He was briefly yeah. um, Superman in the comics when, yeah. when Superman died. Was a member of the Suicide Squad. General James Zod Gordon too. Jr. was a member of the Suicide Squad. Black Ma Manta also. Like so, there's mm -hmm. a lot of Parasite even, who is a very major Superman villain, um, took a took a turn in the squad. Yeah. In in fact, um, well, Black Manta I think would do really well in our beach mission we were talking yep. about. Yeah. Yeah. The 2016 film's reputation is middling at its very best, but games are a whole new medium. Do you think this game, paired with the upcoming James Gunn film, can restore the reputation of the squad? Absolutely. Who knows? I mean, who knows what people are going to like? I, I always think something's going to be great and then people hate it, or vice versa. Maybe? I heard Leo say absolutely. How can you know? I just feel like 
I just feel I'm like the people are gonna. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you are the hopeful one, <laughs> and I I shouldn't be so doubtful, but I just don't think so. And part of that is my personal bias against the whole notion of wanting to play a video game where you're the bad guys, but and and, and not only just the bad guys be the bad guys while you're beating the hell out of the good guys i don't i don't want to play that i do think it's possible to resurrect something that's been done poorly um i think the suicide squad is actually i think it's really interesting um fictional fodder i do think there's very fertile ground here to make compelling stories out of it in fact the comics have been doing it decades um when the attempt was made to switch mediums and do something for film i think it was poorly done um and the the movie itself has a ton of movie flaws in addition to story flaws and um even theme flaws like like i said that the idea that you have all these super villains that are being forced into this and yet all they all have hearts of gold and they're all just misunderstood and but like Ugh, no, that that's not the premise here. These are supposed to be villains, bad well, people. The whole, yeah, the whole notion is you send in the Suicide Squad because you don't care if they die. Exactly. Like these are people that you, they're not redeemable. So send them to do something that might be useful while they're, you know, offing themselves. Right, right. And the comics did a good job of that. At least I'm not a, like I said, I'm not a huge fan. Everything I've read about them, though, is that they kill off people left and right like villains are constantly dying in the service of the suicide squad and granted you know you you've got a you've got a medium that you have like 90 minutes to two hours to you know tell a story and you want to do it well but i think with the right director the right um loyalty to the um I don't know, to the to the foundational concepts i think you could you could really make a compelling story out of it now whether or not it's going to be something that you know, everybody's going to want to watch. I, I agree. Not everybody likes watching anti-heroes. Not everybody likes watching um, villains do good things. But I don't know. I, I do think there's a market for that. In fact, um, uh, it, it, we we encounter uh, people in our games who love being edgy edgelords. <laughs> and mm -hmm. that's exactly what I think this kind of concept is to. I am Stormcloud Obsidian. <laughs> yeah. Edgelord Fear here. my wrath. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I can see how it could be done well if you did it well. I just think after the abomination that was Suicide Squad, the original film, I don't have even the slightest hope that it's going to be anything good. Now, now let me, let me, let me put a little bit of a caveat on that. I do think James Gunn, is a genius and i thought the same thing with the guardians of the galaxy i thought how am i going to give a crap about a raccoon character like this is going to be garbage and guardians of the galaxy is fantastic so i will it is. i will eat my own words if i enjoy it well the potential for that to happen is still a ways off james gunn's new suicide squad film is set to release in 2021 pending development delays the game isn't due until 2022 We'll see if the film can boost people's excitement for a game and just how it might affect changes within the game to come. Another less than popular throwback in DC movies, back in 2018, Warner Bros. released Justice League, the film that was supposed to be Zack Snyder's baby. 
but due to the unfortunate passing of his daughter, Snyder stepped away from the project after filming, and the studio put Joss Whedon, of Avengers fame, in charge of the film. When it was released, many fans were upset by the flash and bravado as opposed to Snyder's darker and moodier take in previous films of the franchise, and there were soon calls for DC and Warner Bros. to release the Snyder Cut. Well, it's finally coming. Zack Snyder's Justice League has the director revisiting the entire shoot of a four-hour finished product following his original vision of the film. Do you think this is going to pay off, or are fans going to be disappointed? Let's keep in mind that Batman vs. Superman was a Snyder film, and had equally bad, if not worse, reviews than Justice League in its full theatrical release. I have to step in here and tell everyone who is listening, Batman vs. Superman was a fine movie, but Batman vs. Superman The Extended Cut is a fantastic movie. And so much, part of the problem with Zack Snyder is he doesn't know how to edit himself, I think, and he he needs three hours to tell a good story, which is, you know, whatever. That's the way he is. That's fine. My dogs also love the Snyder cut. <clears throat> but I do want to point out that the Batman versus Superman is, even though a lot of people didn't care for it, when you watch the extended cut, the extended version, you you get it. There's so much more in that story that was maybe alluded to in the theatrical release, but you get to actually see unfold in the, the full three hours and three minutes, and it is 100% worth it. All that said, yes, I think this is going to pay off. I like Zack Snyder's vision for the DC Universe. I wish they would have stuck with it and gone all in on what he was trying to do. I'm a, I'm a Joss Whedon fan as well. I mean, Buffy, back to Buffy. I love, I've loved Joss Whedon and everything Joss Whedon's ever, ever done. Firefly, uh, Dollhouse. I really like Joss Whedon, but he's just got a different perspective on stuff. And he it's a little bit lighter, a little bit more fun. Yeah, people die, but there's always a laugh at the end. And, and you can see that kind of arm wrestle in the movie itself that, that, that it is a, obviously a kind of a Frankenstein monster of two people's visions. And that's, to me, one of the reasons Justice League didn't work as well, because it, it was multiple people trying to put something together. And it was sad that, that Zack Snyder had to step away. But yes, I am stoked beyond reason to see the, the, the Snyder cut. And yes, I think it's going to be a huge payoff. I remember you and I talking about Batman v Superman um, and you recommending the extended version because um we talked about the the one that came out in the theaters and just while uh you thought it was a good movie i hated it like i i thought it was awful like um in fact it it it's it's one of the movies that has turned me off from the dc cinematic universe um altogether because the the idea of batman v superman is a story that's been told um several times and um it's been told really well in a bunch of other places and then the first time they bring it to a cinematic uh experience it's a uh, in my opinion it's a steaming turd it's awful um however i am committed to watching the extended version because i do think there are a lot of issues with the medium of movies where um you simply can't get into characters' heads like you can with um, anything on paper, um, comics or books. Um, they they can tell a story in a way that movies have a hard time doing. Um, you have to see it in a movie for it to really make sense. 
and they i think they utterly failed um in batman v superman to see a further extension of of the justice league movie i don't i don't know maybe um i'm <laughs> we're back to our regular roles <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> it's just a matter of time yeah, i don't know i'm i'm less hopeful i'm more cynical I, I liked the Justice League movie. It was a fun movie to me from beginning to end. It it wasn't perfect. There were flaws, and, I, and certainly I recognized them. But I enjoyed it. I liked it for what it was. I expected more, and I want more. And I feel like I feel like Zack Snyder's vision being restored in in the Snyder cut, which he needs four hours to tell the story. Perfect. Give that to me. I am all about it. Um, even some of the the footage that that has been released in the trailers or the trailer is you know footage that never got used in the the justice league film that makes it feel like it's going to have a little more gravitas a little more depth a little more grittiness and darkness i'm actually surprised that you don't like batman versus Superman because of how dark it was most of the criticism that i read about the movie back in the day was about how dark it was about how hopeless yeah. and kind of dismal it was man of steel no. as well it it was the silliness of it it was um, it, even in a world where you have a character like Superman. It was just the, the, the. I don't, I don't know. The lack of realism, the just the silliness, and 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 even character motivations that potentially weren't as fully explored as they will be in a good lord four-hour marathon of a movie. Okay, listen. <laughs> I, I am a slut for the Lord of the Rings extended version and i will sit through a 12-hour marathon of that because it's some of the best cinema i've ever experienced i will go through the extended versions of each of those movies and love every second of it and i'm looking at a four-hour justice league and cringing because i i don't I don't think I want to do that. Well, to be fair, it's going to be released episodically. So from what I understand, you can watch it in one fell swoop like a binge watch, but it is actually going to be broken down into four episodes of an hour each. Yeah, maybe maybe the difference therein, I guess, is um, while I do like the superhero genre, it just it doesn't capture me like... Um, you know middle earth does we get it you or... need a wizard <laughs> i do well I, i'm i'm a i'm a huge fan of um dr strange and <laughs> you know <laughs> he's he's there sort of he, no 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 not not here he's there um <laughs> in that other universe but uh yeah superheroes are yeah they're mm, meh all right well let's talk about some plot details like you said, the original release of the Justice League um, had some was missing some scenes that we've already seen in trailers, but it also seemed to be a very much set story. The ending and post-credit scenes hinted at the future of the franchise, but otherwise the film was packed neatly into its own little box. Do you think that the four-hour run will do more to hint at the future of DC movies, especially with more dark side footage, or are we just in for a rehashing of the exact same plot? I do think, well, you you cannot make a four-hour movie without adding more to it. I mean, good gravy. I hope that they do. And to be honest, with the stuff I've seen coming out of DC lately, the stuff that's been um, proposed and some of the stuff we saw teased, um, 
it seems like up until now, DC has made the mistake of simply trying to keep up with Marvel. As Marvel released things, DC was trying to do counter Marvel things, and they just weren't doing a good job of it. They were putting out, you know, hot garbage that was just an answer to the to the way Marvel was just killing it in in theaters. I'm happy to see DC starting to find its own footing. It's starting to find its own even um, comedy versus serious um, level and to try and make some really good movies. Uh, and the between the two franchises, I've, I've always kind of leaned to DC, even as not a huge superhero fan, but DC has always had like Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman. These are like iconic superheroes that I think have they've always represented the superhero in my head. Marvel was always secondary in my mind. But when the movies started coming out, man, Marvel just kicked the crap out of DC. I'm I'm happy to see them where it looks like they're finally gaining their footing and they're not making movies to answer Marvel. They're making movies of their own. I I do agree that DC seems to be going with a t uh, with a tit for tat with Marvel, and I think that was a huge mistake. Um, you know, we had we had several Marvel movies come out before we had Avengers come out. We had Hulk, we had a few Iron Mans, a couple Iron Mans. We had Captain America, a Thor, and then they put the Avengers together. and And really, the mistake that dc made was trying to make a justice league film without fleshing out characters totally agree. Yep. it was a catch-up game and i do agree with that i don't think they were garbage the only one i think is garbage is aquaman i did not care for aquaman at all and i probably won't ever watch it again the other ones some of them i really loved but i do think that i i do think that there is the back to the original question there is the potential of setting up something that can't happen the dc cinematic universe is very much in question right now we don't know if we're going to get a henry about henry cavill superman again we do get to see batfleck like evidently in uh, the next flash film which i'm excited about so it, it isn't totally disintegrated but there's a lot of uncertainty with the future of the franchises multiple um in general so it does kind of freak me out a little bit for there to be something set up that never gets a payoff if you were going to have some dark side footage and a real setup of a huge dark side plot but we never get that movie that will feel like a disappointment to me well Zack snyder's justice league is set to release on september 5th of next year on hbo max as a four-part miniseries who knows maybe we'll do a watch party i can't wait I am vengeance. I am the night. I am Batman. We finally got a teaser trailer for the upcoming Robert Pattinson film, The Batman. We talked about our expectations for this film last season, but we're going to revisit some of that conversation now to see if the teaser has changed how we feel about Edward Cullen in The Cowl. So let's start with the obvious. We've seen a bit more of him now. Have you guys had any changes of heart about Pattinson's portrayal of Bruce? I don't remember what I said. So, <laughs> Dang it. I was at the same question. <laughs> I, have, I have no idea if I changed my heart about it. I'm I'm happy about it. I'm excited about it. I think Patton's, Pattinson's a really great actor. It sucks that he, he really grew to huge fame with the Twilight series, which was just abominable in my opinion. 
but um no i'm i'm super stoked for him to do that so if my heart said yeah. something differently before i have had a change of heart yeah uh same uh the and in fact it makes a lot of sense because batman is the dark knight and batman usually goes out at night which means if he went out in the day he might sparkle and glitter so it's not going to be good for his brand as batman so it makes a great deal of sense that he's going with the batman uh to fight he, crime at got, night he, he's got a great jawline for the cowl when you see the pictures of him uh the videos of him in the actual batman mask the hood and whatever he, he really does have a good profile and and jawline for that 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 look so besides the fact that he really is a good actor despite twilight if you've seen him in other films he is good it's just really sad that he <laughs> became a household name with those abominations i agree i agree even in the trailer though he looks he looks kind of impressive um I, when he took the cowl off uh at the the end of the trailer i saw and you see him like looking kind of haunted and kind of um angry like you want batman to be um you know there was i saw batman there and i wasn't sure i would i think that's what i said before i honestly don't recall it's funny uh, when when actors are named for batman the the initial response in general is ew that can't ever be batman michael keaton i remember people thinking Michael Keaton is Batman. That doesn't fit because he was like Mr. Mom and this kind of rom-com actor. Um, then there's the idea of Ben Affleck, who I I automatically love. Like the Batfleck, he, he's a great Batman in my opinion. But then some of the names that popped up and people were like, oh yes, quintessential Batman, like George Clooney ends up with a horrifically portrayed Batman that never felt right. Um you know, Val there, there's a lot of Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer I'm kind of too. neutral on. I mean, it, he just did one film, Clooney too, I know. But Val Kilmer was, I think he was a fine Batman, not such a great Bruce Wayne. George Clooney was a fine Bruce Wayne, never got Batman right, in my opinion. Um, in the um, Titans film, I'm mean, <laughs> sorry, Titans show, the Frick, what's the guy from Game of Thrones that loved uh, that loved the Dragon Queen? And he had that skin problem. <laughs> I can't think of his name. Jonah. Anyway, I reckon Jorah. I, I, I have yes. his face in my head. But he not plays the, the Batman in Titans, and and shockingly good Ian older Glenn. Batman. There you go. And Ian Glenn, yeah, he he does a good Batman as well. But Batman out out of the cow, you never see him in the cow in that show. So it's really kind of strange. Every time you talk about an actor being becoming the Batman, the initial feeling is usually the wrong thing. And then they'll either do, they, they do the opposite performance of what you think they're going to do. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's an inverse correlation between uh, sturdiness of jaw and acting chops. And that seems to be what most people are like, oh, that dude's got a wide jaw. That'll make a good Batman. <laughs> and, then, and then it ends up just being a terrible portrayal. But honestly i don't know you you can only blame the actor for so much um i do think so many other things fall into place to um determine the worth of a movie if it's badly or poorly produced it's going to be bad if it's poorly written it's going to be bad if it's poorly directed it's going to be bad and none of those things are the fault of the actor so many things have to fall in place to make a good movie and for an actor to be able 
to demonstrate their chops. So uh, I don't know. I, I I think a lot of actors have the potential to to play Batman. Um, I'm I'm actually this is an aesthetic for Batman I've never seen before, and I'm I'm interested to see it. All right, then let's jump right into the trailer and the details we've gotten. We did get our first look at Paul Dano's Riddler, and it is different. No weird spandex, mystery cane, nothing with the uh, sort of Jim Carrey vibe to it. This Riddler is masked, duct taped, and creepy as all heck. Do you guys, how do you feel about the darker tone on one of Batman's historically most vibrant villains? First of all, T, I'm going to have to ask you to watch your language here. Um, the okay. fact that it's vibrant as all heck uh, is you know it's it's nearing the line um but batman is one of those superheroes well i think in a lot of cases the theme of a movie or the theme of a work um will uh inform every other element of it of course um and i think there are certain mediums of storytelling that lend themselves to either gritty realism or the kind of silly costumed villains that we find in comic books um i think when you start getting into a medium of cinematic storytelling um unless you're going for whimsical which just just it, it i don't think it works well for batman batman and whimsical are like oil and water um some movies have tried it and i think they've been not so good at it in fact all the batman's jace was was talking about earlier about the bad Batman actors, I think, were just cast in movies that have terrible themes for The Dark Knight. But Batman is this is a story that works well with realism. It works really well when you um, when you boil those those superheroes and supervillains down to normal people, and you give them either just one kind of crazy trait or a a bunch of wealth and weapons like batman um and you can make a really good story out of that the riddler in like tight green spandex with question marks on it like <laughs> i mean it was silly and <laughs> it was uh it was laughable uh, and in the comics it works because comics are supposed to be colorful and laughable but to translate that to a real real world interpretation you need some realism and i i'm i, I kind of dig that about some of the modern revisioning uh, of Batman. Very, very much. There is, in my opinion, no greater representation of what you just said than the film The Dark Knight, Christopher Nolan, Heath Ledger's, uh, Heath Ledger's Joker. Totally. Who would have imagined that a, a, a costumed clown who's psychotic could have been portrayed in a way that felt so real and grounded and insane and scary and disturbed it it really to me was perhaps the best man film maybe the batman best batman story ever it, it really i agree it captured to me what it means to be the batman and what it meant to be his mirror his opposite which was the joker the idea the the, uh, the whole notion of batman is psychological brokenness this is a child who went through intense trauma watching his parents getting murdered in front of him just a, a grisly murder right in front of his face and he decided to take that trauma and work it out through his life by being a violent vigilante that's a dark grim dismal tale 
then you take his his opposite who most of the time is is well in in quintessential batman is is the joker and create another twisted individual who is broken and uh you never the thing about that film is you never really know what broke the joker because every time he talks about how he got his smile he doesn't tell the truth he tells a different story every time so you just never know but just such a great story and i think that when you take that psychology of batman and tell it honestly and tell it in a real world way it makes for the best kind of superhero film because you think man that could really happen there really could be a, a billionaire that is twisted and messed up and just starts putting his money into trying to make the world into what he thinks it should be and it's gross in a lot of ways it's not normal right Super, batman is twisted he should be in arkham asylum like that's that's part of the thing about his whole rogues gallery is they are they are reflections of himself just without the moral code and right. th to me that's what makes the best batman movies when you try to do it in the empty way the 1960s batman camp and then uh the schumacher films which bleh, gross gag me with a spoon um it just doesn't work it feels dumb and it came off as dumb i i like the real world batman too yeah what, what was the the name of the walking phoenix film was it the joker that the was joker. called yeah i thought was a magnificent movie um it was not just a technically good movie I thought it was a brilliant story and I thought it was well told. I kind of liked um, the ambiguity of the Joker's history. Um, I kind of liked not knowing where he came from, but his origin story has been told, you know, five times now. Um, and this was a reimagining of his origin story and it was real and it was, um, it was dark and it was impressive. Uh, it was just a, just a damn good movie. Um, and that's the kind of stuff I like from uh, from the batman uh universe i like real and gritty and um believable and it was totally so from one of the little bits and pieces we've managed to glean from this teaser trailer and a few other comments the plot seems to revolve around a political conspiracy how topical with the b plot of a mayoral election the apparent murder of mayor don mitchell at the hands of the riddler or so it seems and some possibilities of the Batman being somehow tied to the scandals. A lot of theorists online think this might be leading into a Court of Owls plotline in the films. Of particular interest, since the Court of Owls has confirmed as the villains of the Gotham Knights video game that we talked about last week. Do you think we're also going to get to see them on film? I can only hope so. I love the Court of Owls, and I, I think that would be a, a great way to talk about Batman is to put that kind of overlay of regular life happening around the chaotic nightlife of trauma-induced vigilantes and uh, insane psychopathic villains. Um, yeah, the, the Court of Owls being the backdrop of, backdrop of Gotham politics is, uh, let's just say timely so that I don't people off, but yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I, I admit. Well, first of all, I'm not a huge superhero slash comic book fan, so that's part of it. I'd never heard of the Court of Owls until we started talking about them for the previous episode of this podcast, where I learned they were likely, you know, the the foil 
for the um, Bat family uh, for the for the new Vidya game. Um, and in doing a little bit of research here, the Court of Isles is kind of a cool topic. It's they're a cool nemesis, and and it really is an interesting. Um, I don't know, an interesting element of at least the politics of Gotham, potentially the politics elsewhere. But um, yeah, I, I, I think it would be uh, a, a cool villain to explore. And I think much like I'm kind of hoping Cheetah uh, with her, uh, I don't know, cinematic debut with Wonder Woman 1984. I hope she's involved in the Suicide Squad game. Uh, it, I, I have kind of a similar hope that, um, as I've recently learned about the Court of Owls, I'm hoping that they're involved here too, to give them a little bit more press and get more people reading about them and experiencing the, the story. Well, speaking of theories, here's another one. And we know that Jace is going to be excited. A Me! lot of people are speculating from the sound. that this movie might also be leading into Robin's appearance for the sequels. Some looks at orphanages in particular, as it shows up on a road sign, are getting people buzzing. We might see this film introduce the first live-action Dick Grayson since, well, let's just say it's a while. Do you guys think this film and its eventual sequels will give us a new Robin to fight alongside the Caped Crusader? Okay, pause. Does anybody know who Brenton Thwaites is? Okay, I'll tell nope. you. He's the most precious actor who is currently playing Dick Grayson on Titans on the DC Universe <laughs> television program. So there has been a Dick Grayson that is making his way into live action, just happens to be on the TV screen rather than the film screen. And Brenton Thwaites is killing it as Robin slash Nightwing, which is the progression of kind of the show. So I, I just wanted to start there with that little bit of, uh, you know, we, we do get to see a, a BA Robin slash dick grayson in in live action here recently okay correction <laughs> it's my hope um that whatever we see with regards to a robin or robin's or bad family with uh the batman cinematic universe that we don't go back to nipples on bat suits uh i think that was an important lesson we learned uh there was nothing wrong with that <laughs> Uh, we'll agree to disagree. How do you milk your bat um, babies? <laughs> um, regardless, uh, so long as the characters are well-rounded and the characters have their own important arcs, I'm all for it. Um, I think Batman's sidekicks, um, they have been, I don't know, like they've just been lacking in, in previous uh, iterations, at least cinematically. Um, and I'd really like to see these characters be their own I'd, I'd like to see there be you know for all the for all the importance of bruce wayne and batman and you know of course that story being told robin is is his own person his own character um and i'd i'd really like to see that explored as more than just oh your your batman sidekick there's so much more there uh and such a cool story to be told i, I hope it's embraced and i hope it's pursued 
part of the the really cool thing about Robin to me as a Batman fan, as a as a comic book fan, is is what ba- what Robin does for Batman. Batman can get really dark and grim, as we have said before, and we like that. We want him to be dark and grim, but there there is a depression to that. There's a hopelessness to what Batman does because crime's never going away, murder is never going to stop. So his his crusade is never going to be won. However, you can add hope to that story once you add the ward. Once you add some other younger person who has has gone through something similar, lost his parents or been through some type of tragedy or you know, has that connection to Bruce Wayne who can then be the personification of hope. Uh, oh my god, Chase, are you my Robin? <laughs> I hope so. I would love to be someone's <laughs> Robin. But I love the idea of of Batman and Robin, and and we really haven't gotten to see that done well, maybe ever. I mean, I don't know, other than the comic books, I can't think of a medium where there was just a really good Batman and Robin combo that we got to see, that we've gotten to see on screen anywhere. The Lego Um, Batman movie did a good one. I never saw it. I don't watch Legos do anything. It's good. I don't play Lego games. I don't understand why Legos have to be everything. Why do <laughs> Legos have to be everything? Well, anyways, it, it's a good tongue-in-cheek rep of Batman, and they do a pretty good Batman Robin thing. I do think that the, the relationship of the of of the, the 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 dynamic duo is something that hasn't been explored really really well on film on television anywhere. Um, we get to see the aftermath of it in Titans, which is kind of interesting. Uh, Batman and Robin, the film was just not good. And, you know, I, I would like to see that that relationship happen, that kind of father-son, mentor, disciple relationship play out in a way that makes sense. I don't think it will make sense in this movie. Let me tell you why. This is Batman year two. That, to me, is a little too early to add the sidekick. sidekick. It's a little bit too early to add the hope. We, we need to see Batman suffer a little bit. We need to see the Dark Knight be dark before we can add that hopeful oh, sidekick. Yeah. So I hope they don't really hint at it. I, I really like the way Christopher Nolan did it, where they hinted at it at the end of The Dark Knight Rises, but we never really got to see the culmination of it. There was that kind of interplay between uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and um, Batman. <laughs> I can't think of the actor's name. Anyway, and then at the basically at the end of the film, you find out that is Robin, and then he gets to you know rise on that that dais as he goes up into the bat cave at the end there and and it all makes sense i really liked that a lot as for the actor uh what do you what do you call it when batman bounces uh leaves church early christian bale (laughs) christian bale i don't know why i couldn't come up with that name he's Uh, too uh okay but uh yes no i i totally agree with all that um, I'd love to see a Robin Batman dynamic duo and actually be a duo. I'd love to see the father son mentor thing. Um, and um, I think from what's been hinted, I don't think we're going to see Robin in this movie, uh, except for uh, potentially being teased at the end that this is something for this iteration of Batman's future, um, which frankly, from everything I've seen, this is a Batman I think I want to watch because it's 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 real again. This isn't Michael Keaton and uh, who was his Joker? Um, Jack Nicholson. Jack dog. Nicholson. Oh, that was awful. It was no, just, it wasn't awful. 
I really liked those movies. Oh no, it wasn't dark and gritty. It was very comic book, but I actually really liked the the Tim Burton films. <laughs> All right, well, we're sticking to our theme. <laughs> um. To release on October first of next year, and oh, what an auspicious release date for this! The Batman is likely to come with a lot more theories and speculation as more information is released. We say a lot that we're going to continue to talk about topics as they release new info. But you can bet for sure that this film will be revisited again on the show, and probably more than once. I'm Batman. It's tea time, everyone. Today, we have a somber question from one of our writers, Atara. Atara asks, on top of its many other crimes, do you think 2020 has killed the hype for a lot of upcoming media? The Mandalorian Season 2 is supposed to release in about a month, but Disney has yet to put out a trailer. Thoughts? No. <laughs> Man. No is my thought. No is my thought because 2020 has made media all the more important. Because as we have been sequestered off in our homes, yeah. we needed all of the different types of media. Do you know that I have never gotten into the Instagram. I have never gotten into the, what's the Snapchat or whatever those social media apps. Whatever However, the kids are doing. <laughs> yeah, whatever the kids are doing these days, I've never gotten into it. However, during this uh, strange pandemic time, I have become a TikTok addict. I used to watch Friends on rerun to fall asleep. I now watch TikTok until two or three in the morning while I'm trying to fall asleep because I don't know what it is about this 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 medium that just sucks me in so no i think that that there is actually a wider avenue for different types of media to take charge and take control i know that the pandemic has slowed down a lot of production but that's just going to want to make us clamor for more because yeah. of the slowdown yeah i i could not agree more i have um i've recently and it seems silly to admit this wasn't a thing already known to me but I can stream Netflix and HBO and the Disney Plus and all that on my computer. <laughs> and I know that's always been a thing. However, it just never occurred to me. <laughs> I was so used to streaming it on our main, like, huge TV in the living room that everybody wanted to watch. Um, and it took a lot of the subjects that we want to talk about here for the podcast that my family isn't really interested in watching for me to actually start watching this stuff on my computer and because of the pandemic i'm now working from home i'm sitting in front of my computer my computer like honestly 15 hours a day and so i have i have binged some netflix i have binged some disney plus i have caught up on stuff that jace has given me a hard time about for years <laughs> and and I've caught up, I've watched it, and I feel almost in a weird way accomplished for having sat on my butt for for you many hours. <laughs> you made it, finally. After <laughs> made <all>. it. <laughs> I'm totally stoked for Mandalorian Season 2. I loved Season 1. I thought it was some of the best Star Wars we've gotten in years, so I can't wait. Plus, if we're going to get Ahsoka as we have been promised, I, I mean, what's not to be excited about? It just... Yeah. Same. I mean, trailers have kind of become their own thing. They're, they have their own kind of gravitas in their own right. I get that. But I don't need a trailer to be excited about something. In fact, sometimes the trailer ruins it. With a little bit of a throwback to the episode, 
Batman versus Superman would have been a much better movie had we not seen the trailer. I don't know. I thought it was a turd movie. It was even good. with a trailer. We needed uh we needed it to be a surprise that Wonder Woman was gonna show up like that, but we got to see the moment with her shield before she even before we even knew she was hundred percent confirmed for the Look, film, which was a huge foul. I needed more than what's your mom's name? Oh my goodness, that's my mom's name. We're best. The Martha memes were inevitable. <laughs> no, listen, this is this is disgusting. I'm gonna admit this here and now on the podcast. I have been a comic book fan for, I'm not even sure, like my whole life. You guys know I'm a huge nerd, huge geek, huge Batman, huge Superman fan. But I loved DC. Like I was that one arguing on uh season two that DC was better than Marvel back in the day. Like I, that was my my position. I, I had never put together that both Batman and Superman's mom's name was Martha until that film. And in that moment, I, like I get it. I get why people have problems with it. But in that moment, it was absolutely mind-blowing for me. Holy crap. Both of their mom is Martha. <laughs> <laughs> and I never put it together. But even... I, I'm, I'm not going to belabor that point. It, it, it was... I wish there was more. And hopefully, this 18-hour extended cut actually has uh, why three, that Three why hours that and three minutes. But yes, it does add. <laughs> I like my version better. <laughs> Bring back intermission. 2020 hasn't killed the hype, but it has made us absolutely flippin' feral. Um, anything that comes out is going to get way overanalyzed and torn to pieces because it's all we've got. Uh, it is our spraying rope that ties us to society and to what remains of our social structures with each other. Um, and we're not going to be kind whatever comes out i don't think like just as a whole because no one video people really aren't but there will still be things worth watching and i think that we might hyper fixate on things when we first get the information because we don't have any distractions and then the hype kind of dies out as we get closer to time and then it'll actually hit and everyone's gonna freak out again like the dragon age trailer I kind of feel like that's my normal, but I'm <laughs> abnormal. Um, but we're also internet denizens regardless. So like life didn't yeah. change much for us when quarantine started. Well, no, that's true. In fact, I've <laughs> I've made jokes about how I'm living my best life here in quarantine. Um, but no, I, I think you make a very good point. People will be hypercritical because there are fewer distractions. I think that's an astute observation. We got nothing but time. Well, speaking of time, if you'd like to spend yours by helping us out with the podcast, and you'd like to submit a tea time question, head on over to SoakingGaming.com slash SoakingMedia and find the submission bar on the right-hand side of the page. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this superhero-tastic episode of the Soakin Podcast. For more Soakin Media, you can visit us at SoakingGaming.com slash SoakingMedia, follow our Twitter, SoakingGaming, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Soaking Gaming Community, for future episodes of the podcast on Google Podcasts and iTunes. Until next time, I've been T. I continue to be Jace. I've been Leah, and I was I was going to make a comment about the fact that we managed to get through an entire episode without talking about Star Trek, but we did talk about the Mandalorian and Ahsoka. So you, you said Star Trek, and I'm sure I mean you Star, Star Wars, Star Wars. Oh, no. <laughs> and now you owe us a quarter. No. Okay, I've been I, Leah. See... <clears throat> Let's cut that other part other part out. <laughs>
I was willing to bet you'd done it on purpose too, and then you just like went ruined. <laughs> Let's say I did. <laughs> well, regardless, we'll see you guys next week. Stay classy, Sokin. Thank you for listening to the Sokin Community Podcast. Craving more? Visit us on Twitter and YouTube at Sokin Gaming, as well as our website, www.sokingaming.com. Until next time, stay classy. Right, Jace? <laughs>